Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 141. This is the final episode in Artifice season six. And I want to just reiterate, I, I'm sure I've said this already a couple of times this season, but I'm really, really proud of how this season turned out and the balance of the overall um, breadth of episodes and topics and guests. Um, this was kind of the first time since starting the podcast that I uh, planned out the the whole season and recorded the whole season before airing any episodes. Um, and I just, I, I feel like I want to just, it's important to me <laughs> that you know that if you're listening back over this season to listen in this kind of holistic way, I've been saying this for years now, but I feel like this podcast is sort of like a, a um, a way for me to kind of like do research into like my own creativity, um, what the arts mean, like just kind of it's, it's practice, like shifting perspectives. Um, and I think part of that means talking to a lot of different kinds of people about a lot of different kinds of things. So this season is really diverse and inclusive in terms of who the guests are, what kinds of backgrounds they have, um, where they come from, what they've gone through um, as just as, as humans. And it's also really diverse in the sense of what the art forms are. So there are a lot of guests in this season with um, mediums that are that are classical kind of um, you know ancient art forms like um, very kind of supported by institutions and sort of um, codified in these particular ways and then lots of mediums that are you know more um, on the edges where some people would maybe have a question of like it, what's the what's the difference between art versus craft or like where are those barriers um, you know things that are you know, you're maybe less likely to have a, like to go to school for the thing. Um, and I think all those things are really important, um, is important to me. And it's important, I think, for all of us to kind of um, practice, like considering things in different ways. And um, I was listening back through this conversation with Sonali um, earlier today. And just it feels like such a beautiful bookend to this season because we talk about these topics a lot. Um, and Sonali is a, an Indian classical dancer. Um, she practices Kathak, um, which is, again, one of these ancient art forms, but even still something I knew nothing about, something from a different part of the world. And um, I don't know, it's just I just think it's important. So I hope that um, if you've been listening throughout this season that you've kind of felt that and have been um, have felt curious and have had your mind and your heart opened in new ways listening to all of these incredible guests talk so openly about what they do and how they got to where they are and kind of what their philosophies are. I think there's so much like kind of wealth to be had in these conversations and I'm just I'm proud of it. Um, before I introduce you further to Sonali, um, basically the news is that this is the last episode for the year of 2022. I have finished recording um, season seven. It's all ready to go. I'll start editing in December and the first episode will come out in January. I don't know that season seven has quite as much of like a an overarching kind of theme or like sort of intention as a as season six, it's, it's, uh, it's maybe got a, a bit of a different, um, 
angle that I like I might need to kind of like figure it out again as I re-listen to the episodes but I am excited for you to hear from um a lot of new people and different ideas and um yeah so that'll be coming and I have one last hallowed wide song diary that will be coming in January as well um I think that's it happy holidays um Happy, like making your New Year's resolutions. I'm, I'm sure going to have some, and I'm looking forward to, hopefully, some you know recovery and reflection time in December, um, if I can manage to pull it off. My schedule keeps getting full. I don't know how it happens. I'm like, it's that kind of like um, perverse optimism that I keep talking about. But I am honored to introduce you now to Sonali. I'm going to read a little bit of her bio. Kathak is one of the eight major forms of Indian classical dance. The origin of Kathak is traditionally attributed to the traveling bards in the ancient northern India, known as Kathakers or storytellers. The term Kathak is derived from the Vedic Sanskrit, um, Vedic Sanskrit word Katha, which means story, and Kathakar, which means the one who tells a story. Kathak dancers tell various stories through their hand movements and extensive footwork, their body movements and flexibility but most importantly through their facial expressions. Stylistically, the Kathak dance has... Uh, the dance form emphasizes rhythmic foot movements adorned with small bells and the movement harmonized to the music. Sonali Lumba, the artistic director of Kadalahara... Whoops... Kadalhara, sorry, Sonali Dance, established this dance company in 2017 in Utah and Washington, D.C., along with her sibling, Nadhika Lumba, which focuses on imparting the nuances of this ancient form to others in the community as a way of passing it down to generations and aims at preserving this ancient dance style, which traces its roots back to 400 BCE. Sonali Lumba completed her postgraduate in human resource management from India and worked at a multinational company there for over six years before she decided to quit and completely dedicate herself to Kathak as a full-time performing artist. She believes Indian classical dance is like an ocean which is limitless. The deeper you dive in, the more you more beauty you see in the form. It can take up to several years to call oneself a master of this art form. She visits India often to advance her studies of Kathak under her gurus. Sonali has performed at multiple leading festivals in the States as well as internationally. She's also the recipient of several state art grants, which are a driving force in her mission to spread the knowledge of this art form beyond. Sonali Lumba is currently serving as board member of the Salt Lake Arts Council. I have Monday brain today, so sorry, Sonali, for my misreadings of your gorgeous bio. And for the listener, again... Happy 2022. It's always an honor and such a privilege to bring you these conversations. And um, it's such a blessing to me to have these incredible artists come sit with me in my home and talk with me about their lives. And it just, I don't know, it means a lot to me. So um, with that kind of intention in mind, um, please enjoy this episode and I'll see you back in January. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. 
I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Your henna tattoos are so beautiful. Thank you. Are they new for this performance that yeah, you Yeah, one of my students yeah. was like, we should get something yeah. fancy. So where are you from originally? India. India. India south of India. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I so this... Um, do you have any questions before we start? I just, no, like, I just want to like, I'm, like digging in. Yeah. 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 Move the chair. You can put your feet on this. Yeah. Just be comfy. Whatever makes you comfy is perfect. Yeah. This is good. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, so for this podcast, I like to talk about like, you know, your creative development. Um, and so I always talk about people's childhoods first. So just right. to get an idea. So um, what were you like as a creative child? Like, what were you up to? What were you getting into? Like, what was your what was your creative expression like as a little kid? So just growing up in uh, India is a little uh, different because uh, the focus is more on education. Okay. Yeah. Uh, versus uh, extracurriculars. Sure. But, um, you know, because in India, there's a, a concept that uh, other child should become an engineer or a doctor. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so it's a very uh, South Asian thing, yeah, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, but my mom, uh, my mother was really interested uh, or inclined towards like creativity. Cool. So she was into dancing and painting. She's a good wow. painter. Cool. And she's a fashion designer herself. Wow. Yeah. So Wait, she, really? Like like professionally or like Professionally. Just kind of, yeah. That's amazing. In India. Yeah. So she's done her fashion designing courses and all of that. So she was always inclined uh, yeah. towards uh, creativity. And so she kind of pushed us into dancing yeah. and, you know, taking us for these summer camps and all of How that. How many siblings do you have? I have one older sister. One older sister. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, I say this on the podcast all the time, but one thing that I'm, that I feel really like have a lot of conviction about yeah. is I like to think of creativity, like outside of like organized arts too. So even just right. like play or like what you're right. doing, you know, it doesn't have to be like classes or lessons. Right. But, so your mom put you in dance. What is the classical Indian dance called? It's called Kathak. Okay. So it's a form of storytelling. So wow. India basically has uh, eight classical forms. Wow. Uh, so we have folk. So uh, the dances in India are kind of classified elsewhere as well, like into folk and classical. Okay. So there are about uh, more than 30 folk forms. Wow. Because every state has their own uh, folk style. But cool. uh, classical, okay. we have eight. Okay. So you were saying there's eight forms of classical Eight dance? classical forms and uh, from different regions in India. Okay, cool. So this form comes from the north. Are they? Okay, so I, I know a little bit about Indian classical music. I, right. I have a master's degree in jazz studies. Oh, nice. And um, I took an Indian percussion class in college. Okay. It was really over my head um, with the ragas. and okay. the. Oh, nice. Which instrument did you learn? Or just music? It was music. just percussion. Yeah, okay. I was taking a percussion class. So we would just kind of like tap on the desk. Okay, okay. Um, but it, it was more like the theory. Um, but it was mm -hmm. just enough to make me realize like I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, is dance and music like related? Because like in in Western music, like lots of the, you know, classic um, symphony pieces are ballets. But are the are the traditions of dance and classical music separate or like together? A lot together. Okay, so cool. So the dance is harmonized to the music that okay. is being played. Cool. And yeah, it is pretty complex. I mean, the structure, yeah. like you said, uh, it can go above your head because the classical music in dance was developed or introduced or designed centuries ago. Right. Uh, so, you know, those artists were mathematicians and right. all of that. They were just not like artists, you know. So that's why you right. can see a lot of uh, maths and a lot of rhythmic 
patterns involved in music right. and the way it was designed it was very thoughtful yeah uh, like, thoughtfully created when i was taking that class the thing that i that i kind of thought or realized was like you know for someone to be really good at this kind of music they almost have to start when they're like a little kid like and i i my understanding is that that's pretty typical for like musicians to go and like live with a guru right. is it like right. that for right. dance right. too is it like similarly intense Yeah so um most of Indian classical music and dance is passed on from a guru to a disciple okay. so it's called the guru shishya parampara the teacher to the student okay. uh, cool. kind of passing down of the knowledge yeah uh, and it's typically started at a young age okay uh, but a lot of times it's not possible for right. you know students to go at that young age especially girls and to like and to live, live yeah that yeah. makes sense so now now it's uh, you know now we have a lot of people taking up to classical arts and music and yeah. uh, cool I think music can be learned at any age yeah. classical music but as we grow older we just have more uh, agendas it so it's hard just, to it's complicated it's complicated yeah. <laughs> to get it to get it like second nature right it's it would take so long right <laughs> it's always good to start when you're a kid because sure. you just have no plans so it's easy right right your brain your brain is um plastic right right elastic elastic I mean. yeah. i'm thinking of like neuroplasticity <laughs> but like your yeah, brain it's, is it's elastic. open it's open and right. it can be wired and you know designed yeah. right right almost like a like a language like right. fluency right yeah. right right yeah so what did you were you serious about dance as a little kid or did your mom just want you to be exposed to it And uh, no I was actually I always liked dancing but not classical because classical seemed a little boring at that time. Okay. I I I like to be very honest with my journey. Good. Uh because uh, classical music it 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 takes some time to kind of uh, like that kind of music because sure. it's slow at sometimes and it's just it sounds repetitive but it's actually not. Yeah. But it can sound uh, repetitive it's in, like, those cycles cycles and it yeah. can sound very similar like the technical pieces. Mm. um so it took me a while because i was really interested in like uh, the latin forms like salsa and all yeah. of that and in india we had some exposure to it cool so it took me a while to appreciate uh, classical uh, dance sure so when you were little were you also doing like sewing with your mom like cooking like what other kinds of mediums like creative mediums were part of your childhood uh or writing or drawing right or, right yeah. like those are the creative outlets that my my mother used to kind of introduce us to like painting and taking us for these summer camps where there is like uh, oh. athletic uh, outlets like basketball and all cool. of that or like uh, writing competitions and all of that yeah. so uh, i think we spent a lot of time uh, trying to explore that side of us like my mother i think was trying to see what interests us and yeah. what we can stick to in a long term yeah. and i think dance is what she chose finally and we she had to push us a little bit yeah, to stick yeah. to it what do you remember about like your early relationship with these mediums or with creativity in general like what was it like for you i always enjoyed um uh anything but studies sure <laughs> <laughs> i was never like a studious uh, person and i just did not enjoy uh, you know just uh, sitting in front of my computer or like books and all of that yeah. i like doing something creative being out there being sure. you know using some uh, physical strength so i think i uh, remember uh, painting and drawing to be like one of my uh, favorite hobbies yeah and uh, dancing was my least because i was a little lazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like to just sit on the couch and be with my mother all the time but my older sister she was really inclined towards dancing okay so she got interested in it first and then i had like a you know someone to look up to yeah and how then, much older is she 
two years. We have two a two-year gap. Okay, yeah. cool. And is she still being a creative now? Right. She still performs classical dance cool. in uh, D.C. She lives in Washington, D.C. Amazing. So when you were painting and drawing, what kinds of things were you drawing and painting? Uh, my mother actually introduced me to caricatures. Okay. So I would draw like cartoons and all of that. Cool. And... Uh, yeah, and just uh, nature and oil painting. Wow. Even at, how old were you when you started oil painting? Maybe not too early, but maybe like 13 or 14. 13? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of like, I mean, my parents, my parents put us in lessons. Like we had to take piano lessons. It was like a right. family rule. Right. And we would try dance and maybe like in the summer we would do like, um, musical theater camps right but it was definitely not something that my parents would be able to teach us or like have right. things at home right or, right right, uh, right i like the idea of like having a parent like show you how to use oil paints right. that sounds like lovely to me i think that's a that's very typical in indian families too like not you would not have like creative parents but yeah. they wish to do that or you know had wanted to do that when they were kids right. but because of other issues and you know it wasn't easy financially for right. their parents to afford it mm -hmm. so they kind of push their interest on the kids yeah yeah and yeah. then they send them for lessons and I think it's very similar was it like did you were you aware that your mom was unique that she was an artist like was that something that you like yeah, she was always, as a child? yeah, she was always very artistically inclined from uh, what I remember as a child. But do you remember it being unique? Like other kids' moms like weren't like your mom? Like I just was, I'm wondering like if you had any like. That's a very good question, yeah. but I don't think I ever like <laughs> paid attention to yeah. others' parents or like sure. others' moms. I think yeah. I was just, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't have good memory of that. That's okay. But yeah. I just remember my mother being like amazing, taking us for all these creative yeah. things and, you know, making I'm, us do these. I'm so interested in like the the mental development right. of our child in our childhood. Right, right, right. Like how we begin our relationship with creativity. Because sometimes it's right. very structured and it's very like, you know, like you have to go to your lessons and you have to like right. do every, execute everything perfectly. And sometimes it's more kind of free. Free, yeah. Yeah. So um, I have another question. Maybe this is less about the arts, okay. but um, was your family like, did you talk about creative things? Like was creative thinking encouraged or like, you know, if you're thinking more like just the family culture? Yeah. So just to give you a background of Please. my family. So my yeah. My father was uh, has served in the Indian Army for okay. 38 years, so he was out of home for okay. most of our uh, uh, early childhood okay. and uh, adulthood and all of that. He very recently moved back to where we live for okay. good because he retired. Mm -hmm. And that was very recent, like maybe eight years ago. Okay. So by then we had already developed like our interests sure. and our uh, passions and all of that and our schedules and all of that. So I think my mother had a huge role to play in um, kind of having those discussions yeah. of creativity because she herself was very creatively involved and she wasn't so focused on studies. Like she would just say, do well, yeah, but yeah. just not like That's you not have to be identity. like the topper. Yeah. Like she's, of course, she wanted us to be the toppers, but <laughs> she just did not pressurize us that way. She also kind of gave us an outlet to, you know, kind of uh, explore yeah. other aspects of like you know just uh, creativity yeah. and so yeah I think we would have like discussions but not I, I don't remember those discussions yeah, yeah. but I'm sure we did have those that you have a feeling that that yeah. was kind of because that's yeah. what we would do on weekends you know like instead of 
we would go out to play but a lot of times we would just spend like a sunday painting with her or you know she would just bring colors yeah and talking to you about things right. like teaching you about your world world yeah cool yeah. cool so when um well maybe i'll ask this too um do you remember anything from your childhood so maybe like before your teen years like before your you know 12 or 13 do you remember taking in any media like books tv shows music that had like that you remember having like a strong effect on you that was like an important part of your development movie i think we would watch a lot of movies um uh, a lot of english movies though yeah uh, and really fancy those that lifestyle and all yeah. of that <laughs> oh, that is so cool and um what did you like about it just um what did I like? I'm just trying to go back to my childhood. No, I know. I love like watching people think about their like. Right, right. I, don't know. I, have, just I was just telling my husband the other day that I have a very poor memory of my childhood. I think um, that's really common. Right. I think it's common. Because yeah. my sister remembers a lot from the childhood, yeah. but I actually have a very bad memory. Like probably from my teen years, I remember. But yeah. what happened in childhood, I have a very poor memory of it. Uh, but I think just the way the lifestyle that was portrayed of... Um, the American culture and all yeah. of that movies just uh, really fascinated us mm. because in India, the lifestyle is really different. Uh, a lot of, lot of factors are, uh, but you can tell, yeah. I mean, I would love to know, like, I don't know anything. So <laughs> like, what, what, like, what do you think is, is uh, important to this conversation? So I think uh, independence and freedom that the children are given here is very different from what it is in India. In sure. India, you still kind of live with your parents till you're either married like especially women and yeah. even men uh, boys for that matter stay with their parents for a really long time yeah. and it's not like a, a concept or like an understanding or the culture that you kind of move out of your house after some mm -hmm. time so your parents take care of you till you're married yeah. and marriage is a very important uh, part of Indian culture sure. though it's changing now and now people are taking some time but earlier it would just be like a certain age limit after that you need to get married and sure. Um, I think that's a very uh, different culture in India yeah. where it's really, really important for parents, to, for children to stay back with parents, serve the parents. Sure. You know, so. What effect do you think that has? And like, you know, say whatever. Like, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. how to ask the question because I don't right. know enough. But mm -hmm. what effect do you think that has on like, you know, individuality? Because that's such an important piece for creativity, I think. Yeah. Um, to have like an individual perspective. Right, right. So how how does that affect like the creativity in that way? Yeah, I was actually really blessed to be with parents who were open-minded, especially my mother, because mother plays a really important role, I think, in just your development because yeah. they just understand a lot of as other aspects. And, right. you know, so I was really blessed to be with parents who are open-minded and kind of letting us have our independence, have our yeah. freedom, have our, uh, uh, you know, kind of our own way of thinking. Right. Uh, of course, with some guidelines and some, yeah. you know, some boundaries. But um, yeah. so my parents were still a little modern in their thinking yeah. uh, or rather in their understanding. Sure. But uh, that can be a challenge in a lot of uh, Indian families or South Asian, let's say South Asian families, yeah. because you're not uh, on a lot of levels. You're not allowed to kind of express your thoughts sure. because if your parents have told you a certain way, you kind of just do that. That makes I think that makes the that has made a generation a little rebellious. So now it's changing. Now I can see a lot of like when I go back home, I can see a lot of younger generation trying to like, you know, uh, individuate. Yeah. 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 I think that's changing because 
that's how the world is evolving and i yeah. don't think it can go the way it was like the way we grew up yeah. uh but i did not face a lot of it just because my parents were really open minded and cool. I, they gave us a lot of freedom yeah, to cool. kind of explore it's hard to say like i mean obviously like i have a a western perspective right. so that's all i know but right. it seems to me that like creativity in particular requires some like individual thought but like I don't know any other way. So right, right, sure. no, I think that's important too. Yeah. just having a balance is important. Like the Western culture as well as Indian. I think if you can just find a balance, yeah. uh, I think that'll uh, sort out of a lot, a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, concerns. Totally. Yeah. Cause you need like, you know, people, your elders, like right. it, it, people who've lived longer than you, they know things about the world right. that, you know, yeah. As a child, your understanding is incomplete. So yeah, I think, right. I think all of us are, creative but i think this is what i keep telling my sister that i think our parents never were given that opportunity yeah. because mm-hmm. their parents were not so it goes back to like right. ancestors totally and so our parents don't know any other better way right. to kind of you know open up that forum for us to have right. that how did your mom become so creative <laughs> that like how did she become a fashion designer and a my, painter her mom used to be a little creative okay so that passed but her father wasn't you know wow. he would not let her pursue dance and he, because it would be late hours and all of that but her right. mother kind of encouraged her so that encouragement remained in her and she kind of passed it on to us cool. and that gave her also an outlet to explore yeah her own self i just have like another question about your mom what what is like what was what is fashion design like like was she making like was she designing like traditional clothing like street clothing like what was she doing mainly for fashion shows so i think okay. more modern clothing and then she also then kind of channelized her uh, talent into traditional clothing cool and uh, cool. yeah, I think now she makes like all all sorts of uh, clothing. Wow. So she's pretty open to like exploring. She's she, she still learns. She's still a student. So she's still like, you cool. know, kind of goes through YouTube videos and yeah. all of that. Did you and your sister feel like you could express yourselves like with clothing too? Like, could you wear kind of whatever you wanted? I would say there was a balance. Yeah. Uh, like my, uh, of course, it again begins at home. So my mother yeah. was very open about it, but just uh, in certain situations or certain gatherings, she had like her own an idea. Of what an idea. Yeah. But I think she did not restrict us in a lot of ways. But that was just. Uh, I think our parents also try to protect us with the clothing. You know, of it's just. Course. It's I mean, just... I grew up Mormon, so I understand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I'm sure it's different, but yeah, like it's that you know modesty and clothing modesty, can be yeah. like a big part and with of the dance culture. i think it just kind of brings out that modesty that you got to dress up or you just kind of start developing that interest to uh, you know dress up in a way different way because classical dance requires you to be more presentable yeah. more aesthetic in the way you present yourself yeah. and yeah. you know interesting you mean like you mean like visually, like visually, in terms right. of the costuming and stuff? Right, and right. like building a poise? Right, right. Yeah. Because even if you're cool. like going for like networking events and all of that, right. you kind of have this image in your mind that you're a classical dancer. So you want to dress up, a, you want to portray a sort of a different, That's not a different, of, but uh, yeah, sort of. Specific. Specific. Yeah. Let's yeah. be specific. Yeah. yeah. Specific way of. So how old were you when you started dance? I started when I was uh, 16. Okay. So I did not start when I was a kid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Both of us were introduced when we were in our teens. Okay. And then, yeah, tell me more. Like, I, I'm curious, like, I'm curious about the art form, like, right. and maybe I'd love to know, like, 
how you saw it then. And then like, we can talk about how it changed. Yeah. So yeah, maybe tell me like what your understanding was of it. Like when you started, like what was your relationship like to it? So my mother actually started uh, this dance form. So she started in her school. Then she had to give it a break, of course, because of life and, you know, other things. And then after she got married, after she, you know, got us and all of that, then she started learning. Okay, cool. So she went to those classes and then she kind of pulled in my sister and myself so she would just take us to the classes and just ask us to watch okay. the classes because okay. she knew we were not interested in classical dance at all. What was the age range of the students? Mostly mm. older or like mostly younger? I think it was a good mix. Okay, Like cool. maybe teens and s- some of them were older. And all women? Mostly, yeah. Mostly, mostly women. women and girls. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this dance form actually was performed a lot by men, but I think it, that that course just that thinking just changed over time that men don't dance classical because it kind of you also have to bring out the feminine side it's of you beautiful yeah. yeah but then men have it's just a little like homophobic or something right right yeah. so now it's really hard to have male da- there are male dancers but it's really hard to kind of have the newer generation mm. take up to classical arts it's too bad uh, yeah. yeah just because i don't know if it's uh Culture is Culture just complicated. Complicated and yeah. that women, dance is just for women and men are not because it just changes your body structure a little way. Sure, sure. And then you have to also be a little open uh, exploring different themes in dance. Right, right, right. It's yeah. interesting <laughs> to think that, that that like almost closed while so right. many other things are opening. Right, That's right, really right. interesting. But my teachers are a couple. So I had like a male and a female teacher teaching us. Okay, cool. So that was a good thing. But it was mainly women in our class. Yeah. And how did you understand it at the beginning? Like, did you see it as beautiful? Did you see it as complicated? Did you see it as like important? Like, what were you kind of thinking about with it? This is very personal. Like just my thought, I personally found it boring because it was just the same thing we would do over and over again. I did not understand the importance of repetition then. And then I found it really boring initially. It took me a year to kind of get to like a schedule to like kind of push myself to go on weekends and then my sister started showing a lot of interest in the art form and then she Mm -hmm. started traveling with my teachers to Mm -hmm. abroad like to other places internationally yeah and that kind of motivated me got a little jealous yeah (laughs) I was like okay this dance form can actually take you to places you know this is not just about going to a dance class and learning the form but you can also travel so right. that kind of like attracted me to this art form a little more. Right. That okay. You had said that it, at the very beginning of our conversation that it was like storytelling. Did you know that at the beginning? Like, or did it take you longer to kind of like see it as like a storytelling form? Theoretically, I knew it was form of storytelling, okay. but it took me some time to understand to because, feel it. yeah, to, yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Like, are they specific stories? Like, or is it more like abstract? Like, what, what kind of stories? So, classical dance actually began uh, somewhere around the third century. Most of these forms, actually, in fact, all of them are very ancient. Cool. And they used to be performed in the temples, the Indian temples okay. uh, for the deities. Yeah. And it was not really performed for public or for entertainment okay so it was just mainly for the ritual or ceremony or ceremony and also for the artist to kind of uh express uh their uh, devotion yeah through art 
for the deity and just people who are present in the temple so they would just gather around and these artists would actually perform for like festivals and all of that but it wasn't for entertainment and there was no money involved nothing of that involved and then I think it's just as it uh, India was invaded by a lot of other um, places and all of them brought like their own uh, flavors to the classical art sure um and that's how it started evolving to more entertainment. Okay. But then during the ancient times, it was performed to kind of narrate stories from uh, our uh, the mythological stories. Yeah, I was going to say, or was it mythology? Mythology, yeah. Hindu mythology. Hindu mythology. Yeah. Okay. Like cool. Ramayana and Mahabharat. Right. We have these really big epics. Right. Like dancing the world into being, right? right Isn't right, that right. the kind of early mythology? I know, right. I know like a little bit, right. just a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. And, uh, it's a classical form yeah. was very theatrical experience for the audience so because it invo- involved drama, it involved music, it involved yeah. dancing, it involved acting, but all of it was nonverbal. Okay. That's about it. But so it was like a theatrical experience. Cool. You can like Broadway shows, you know? Yeah. So it had a story, it had a narrator and all of that. And all story, all mythology stories. Earlier it was mythology and then okay. now the current, the modern generation and the current generation is, they are exploring the abstract or the the current uh, situations like, uh, sure. for example, like environmental yeah. uh, uh, concerns or marine life, something about the marine life or like mental uh, illness, wow. all of that. So it's, it or like depression, you know, like a lot of concepts are being explored through yeah. dance, non-verbal. So it's pretty interesting. And that's pretty recent. That's a more recent. Yeah, very recent, I would say. Okay, cool. Very recent. Um, Is... Katak, is that right? You're right, yeah, right. Is, right, right. is that um, like athletic, like like ballet, or more like technical in like smaller movements? It's actually both. It's okay. it it does involve a really a deep understanding of the technique. Yeah. Like in ballet, you have like you have to understand the body style. You have to understand the body style in order to communicate a story. Yeah. You have to develop a certain technique. Yeah. Uh, so Kathak is also very, very technically focused. Yeah. Uh, very, you need you need to spend a lot of time in uh, developing your body and, you know, kind of getting that technique correct. Yeah. And also parallelly kind of explore the storytelling aspect yeah. of Kathak. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little hard to uh, get into the storytelling without understanding the technique because yeah. you still have to um, leverage a little bit of dancing and storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So you... It's just not about the expressions, but right. it's also about the body structure and the way you hold yourself on stage and all of that. Is it like symbolic, like specific motions, like kind of mean different things? Or is it more like, like the understanding of the storytelling is abstract? Does that make sense? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, one more time? What yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what I'm trying to ask. I think I'm wondering like... I think I'm wondering how the story is received by the audience. Oh, like, is it. it more about like facial expressions? Uh, Do like your hand motions right, right, mean right, specific right. things? Or? Right, right. Yeah. No, that's actually a very good question. So we, in uh, so classical dance involves a lot of hand gestures. Yeah. Uh, very, very uh, eloquent abine- um, expressions. Yeah. We call it abhinaya. Okay, cool. So expressions, uh, so the dancer has to uh, spend a lot of time in understanding the expressions right. and there are different emotions that your face can express right. so you have to learn all of those aspects 
and uh, so hand gestures expressions we also have uh, the costumes that kind of depict Help the character to show okay the lighting makes a difference the sets make a difference yeah. and the narrator the way we we also try to narrate a story before we begin the presentation so the audience is also Primed. understanding yeah okay because we uh, if it's an indian audience we don't have to go into a lot of details of yeah. the story but uh, if you are presenting it to a western audience we try to make sure that we have a narration in english that so yeah. that the audience is a little aware of what the story how the uh, story is unfolding sure do the hand positions mean specific things or is it more like if you watch the art form for a long time you'll start to associate yeah a lot of gestures like we have hand gestures which depict a peacock okay like this is a peacock then okay. we have like hand gestures which depict a flag or like stop sure. you know so we have like 28 single hand gestures wow. and couple of them are double hand gestures okay so through hand gestures we are showing that image like of a flower so it's like a sign language right. in the dance right cool right cool that's what i was wondering right. i couldn't right. think of how to ask if it's like right, right, specific right. and like defined or if it's like it, it, it is defined yeah. and but then to bring out the definition we have to like kind of yeah. spend a lot of time in understanding how we could yeah. convey that story What else like so the hand positions mean specific things and then like what about like feet legs like what other kind yeah, of so things Yeah so we use are... a lot of uh, footwork in Kathak right. like we wear ankle belts which kind of harmonize to the music so they also cool. produce a melody Cool 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 So those produce like rhythmic patterns and that support your dance Cool uh, the technical aspects I yeah. mean Uh, so the complicated music. yeah yeah like, it is cool. a lot of things yeah and classical dance is a lot of things that are like need to come together to make it a well this is something that i think about really frequently like i i don't know i think a lot about the arts and you know the importance and the beauty and like how um yeah how significant the arts right. can be to like communication right. and there are so many art forms that like if the viewer doesn't understand like the rules they aren't even seeing it they can be looking at it and not even see it and that's one reason why i started this podcast i think about a lot of different things but you know i want to interview people from different mediums you know even if just to give like i'll say this right. when i was taking so before i took that indian percussion class i took an ethnomusicology class okay uh, is it a term that you know what's it called ethnomusicology It's kind of like anthropology, but with music. Okay. Oh. So like ethnomusicology, like, you know, non-Western music cultures oh, and traditions. Okay. Got it. And it was just like a survey course. So it was, mm -hmm. I was in grad school, but, you know, we would do like a unit on, you know, Native American music. And right, then, right. And it was, like I said before, just enough to make me realize I don't know anything. But I, I remember like one day we talked about, or like one week we were talking about Bollywood right. and I had never seen that growing up. Um, and we, you know, I think I maybe had one friend that mm -hmm. I watched one Bollywood film right. in high school or something right. and felt just like uncomfortable. <laughs> like I just felt <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how to understand this. Like I don't understand the genre. I don't understand like what's going on. And then when we took, when I took that class, I learned you know some of the rules and then was like well that makes perfect sense like i can understand this whole like medium right, in a right, different right. way if i understand like what they're going for like right. what the expectations are anyway is so it the story is, that did not connect to you or i think some of sometimes like breaking the fourth wall understood or like that there would be so many different 
types of stories within the story. Like right. sometimes it feels like a drama and sometimes it feels like a romance and right. sometimes it feels like horror, you know? Right, 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 right. But then like understanding, well, I mean, all I know is like what this textbook said, right? So right. like, you know more than yeah. me, I'm sure. But I remember reading about like this, like the concept of like, um, like wanting as many flavors as possible. And that's like the same as like, you know, masala or right. something, right? Like, right. I don't know, but, but to understand like, this is, this is the, um, like this is the desire, like to have as many flavors as possible. Right. And in that view, like it's perfect. Right. Yeah. But if you're viewing, like if you're viewing it from like a Western perspective where like most Western films will be like one style right then it feels like bad filmmaking right. you know what i mean <laughs> right, right but i love that idea and it made me think in that moment like if ever i see something unfamiliar and feel like off put by right, it right, right. i just assume like i don't know the rules you know mm. but i think most people wouldn't know to think that they would just think like i don't get this and so it's bad you know <laughs> or i don't get this so it's boring, boring or yeah. i don't get this so you know something right, but right. it's so important to understand like what the rules are right what the goal is so that you can perceive something like yeah. with the right view right right and i think for that it's really important as performers this is what i've understood to kind of educate your audience before yeah. they come uh like in like certain things that i do is i kind of give ha like a printout of my show wow. so, which also describes what is classical dance not just about the performance cool. so you kind of have a background to what you're watching yeah. and also like when i go on stage i also speak i, I spend those few minutes in first of all talking about the culture about right. India, about the dance forms, about what we are presenting. So the audience has like a background too. Yeah. And then they kind of understand what the form is going for. Yeah, yeah. So it's really important for us as performers to prepare the audience for what they're going to witness. Sure. But of course, there'll always be someone in the audience who's not going to connect to it. Yeah. And that's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. But um, as performers, I think that's yeah, important. It's really important. And I also think like I, I love to imagine a world where the viewer doesn't need you to do all the work and like they want to <laughs> ask questions and they want to, you know, but I think it's also like, you know, dance or whatever it is, you know, a food culture, like a, right. a, a film culture. Um, you know, if, if someone from a different culture can learn, can learn to understand and appreciate, it's such a good skill. It's the same skill that we need to understand you and right. to understand, you right. know, other people too. But I don't know. I just feel like the arts are such a good training yeah. for just understanding people, people. I listening, agree. asking questions. Yeah. I agree. Do you have more thoughts about that? No, that's actually a really good point because uh, just the other day I was talking to someone and uh, we were just having the same discussion that arts has actually made us more, uh, it helps us understand ourselves more yeah. because you're dealing with so many different people in arts. Yeah. Especially when you're teaching, when you're like hiring a theater, you're de dealing with so many other people. Right. So you actually learn all, because you just cannot have your personality out there because right. you're dealing, you are the organizer of that event. Right? right. So you have to have compassion and understanding where they're coming from. Right. So I think it really changes us as people and yeah. that reflects in our art. It's so important. It's so important. It feels really important. And the arts, like, 
you know, we could have like a forum and have a discussion right. about like, here's how to understand someone from this culture or this background or how to understand someone who has these kind of parents. Right. I don't mean just like geographically, right, right, right. but like right. your next door neighbor could feel confusing to I you. Agree. I agree. Yeah. But the arts are like such a, f like a, like a beautiful workshop right. for knowing how to look at a person, stay curious, ask questions, make sure you understand right. like the context. Right, right. Um, I don't In know, India, I actually, important. this is, uh, there is way, way less sensitivity towards the audience or like towards your own students. It's very hardcore, like teaching in mm. any, uh, I, I would say in just the education system, not just the arts, yeah, but just the education system is very, uh, like I said, is your teacher tells you and you just you know kind of yeah. go for it and you just even if you don't like it yeah. or you just don't question back but now it's changing mm -hmm. uh which i'm happy about that they're questioning so now the teachers are kind of like okay right. starting to introspect that okay there can be students who are going to be questioning mm -hmm. but in india there is very less sensitivity to this but i mm -hmm. felt that there was more cultural sensitivity and just more curious uh, curiosity here that's so interesting. Yeah. Because I think a lot of Americans can be really closed minded about things. But right. that's interesting to think that like the curiosity and the questioning like creates different pathways. Right. And I think there's always going to be a balance of that kind of audience or like that kind of people you meet. Right. There'll be someone who's curious who will get you curious that what happened. Right. Like, OK, yeah, that's a that's a potential question. Right. So I've, you know, started introspecting that, okay, there can be questions, there can be situations like this that someone from the audience can have. That makes you think. That yeah, make me I think, oh, I need idea. to prepare this now that they're, because I was asked like really simple questions that why do we wear the the costume? Yeah. Right. So I did not think of explaining that in my discussion, right. in my, you know, presentation. Yeah. But this little girl asked me, why do you wear this costume? Or how is this costume or what was the thought behind this costume? But there is a history behind that costume, right. how it evolved. That's so. so interesting. I think about things like that a lot too. Like, yeah, asking questions about like, why do we do it this way? Or like, <laughs> yeah. It, a lot of things in uh, classical art, there's just no answer to it because it was just so developed. Old. It is so yeah. old. And then the ancestors or like our gurus and gurus and gurus, they were just never, they ne never questioned. Right. And sometimes there's just no logic to it. Like why that rhythmic structure is that way yeah. or why that rag is designed that way. Right. You know, there is just no logic sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes music there is. theory is like that too. I mean, Western music theory is like that too. Yeah. Like, cause I, I, I've also experienced this, like when I very first started teaching, I was teaching piano to some little kids when I was in grad school and they would ask me a question and I would just be like, it just is yes. like, it just is like that. But there are some things that there are answers Agreed. to, but they feel so ubiquitous. Like right, they just right. feel like, of course it's like this. Right, and right. then there are some things that you have to say, they just did it like this yeah. and we don't know. Like right, it was right. before there was written, there was before this happened before there was writing. Right, like, right, right. It's so old. It's so old. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. And to, then to question like which of these old things are precious and which of these old things like can we change right like which of these things can evolve right so yeah there is there is a scope for exploration and yeah. innovation and classical arts and now the generation like my generation and the younger ones we are trying to kind of explore even the older generation in fact they're also yeah. trying to explore because they've realized that now the students are not you know they're they're also modern and they need something uh, to challenge them right 
Well, and if our so, world is becoming more global, which like there are good things and bad things, right. you know, especially because like Western culture can be so dominant. And that's very scary. Like to think about, you know, these ancient art forms being like ruined by Western <laughs> culture or colonization. Mm -hmm. That's very scary. But at the same time, like there's something really beautiful about a global society right. where all people respect each other right. and are curious about each other's right. cultures. Um, and to have like a permeability. Right. Now, I think it's really important because these cultures were developed or like they have a significance and they do really keep you rooted to your uh, ancestral uh, knowledge and all of that, which does have an impact and which is important it for is our. Important, yeah. So I think it's really important for us, like you're saying, you know, it shouldn't get ruined or, you know, it shouldn't get diminished or disappear. Yeah. So that's why we have like these dance schools. And right. it's really important for me to keep teaching. Um, you know, all of us have responsibility to keep this culture alive, to keep this culture thriving and just to yeah. pass it on to the next generation, even right. though it seems boring at times, even though it seems repetitive. It, it is important. Yeah. Uh, and can you say why you think it's important? I mean, I totally agree, but right. B yeah. Because I think that kind of connects you to your culture. So mm -hmm. I think classical arts has a really, really uh, strong bonding with your culture. It's also teaching you a culture. It's just not teaching you to dance. Right. right. So you're, sh you're also learning discipline yeah. because you have to show up for those classes. It's showing you, it's, pushing you towards determination it's pushing you towards uh one you know one focus on or right. like being more goal oriented or like how you could respect your teachers how you could develop a bonding with someone beyond your parents mm -hmm. how you could have more understanding with your classmates because when you're dancing there can be a lot of competition there can be a lot of jealousy so i think it's also developing your personality yeah because classical art is just so strict and in, in a lot of sense yeah are you interested in folk dance too? Yeah, folk is also folk. really, I, I like that. I like yeah. folk dancing. It's it's a lot of fun because the music is upbeat. and you right. know, There are lessons in there though. I agree. Like, like there are subtle lessons about like how we think as a people, like what our values are. Like, right. And those things, I mean, yeah, those things are so important. It's, it's a worry. It's interesting. Like I was just talking with a, another woman last week um who half of her family is italian immigrants and the other half mexican immigrants okay and she's a florist um and a witch and oh, we wow. were talking about she was talking we were kind of talking about i hope i get this right but we were we were kind of talking about like how some of these practices of like herbal healing yeah. have been kind of co-opted by westerners and you know i don't know it's just it's an interesting thought to think like these medicinal healing practices from, you know, right. these sides of her right. family are so valuable. And at, like at some point in history, Western culture was like, no, 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 no. We do medicine this way. Right. And now Western culture is like, oh, we'll do medicine like these. <laughs> uh, but it's just, I don't know. It's like there are these such valuable things and not just valuable. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people who, our Western can think that these other things are valuable just in the sense of like a curiosity, which right. is so disrespectful just and horrible. <laughs> um, but like they're, they're valuable for like such practical reasons right, right, too. Right, right, yeah. Like there's so much knowledge and so much wisdom 
and it's so, I don't know, it's a horrible thought to think that, I don't know, we could just like lose it. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the arts carry a lot of these like very practical, right. like deeper things. I think that's why it's really important for schools and like universities and colleges to kind of bring about uh, cultural events and cultural conversations just, just to make everyone aware because it's not, I don't think it's the fault of the people because they're just not aware. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important to kind of bring that uh, conversations and have sure. like festivals or whatever, like which talk about uh, culture. Right. I agree. I also think it could be the responsibility of an individual to just be humble, you know, to be more <laughs> humble. I know right. you have to take the earrings yeah. off. I oh, I never wear earrings when yeah, I have the headphones really on either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's I, I feel very inadequate. Like, I'm not sure, you know, exactly what to ask or what to say. But right. I do feel so strongly like, again, it's part of why I started this podcast, like just to to it's almost like a lesson in curiosity, right. <laughs> like asking questions, right. like listening. Anyway, that was a diversion, but it is important. <laughs> it's important. really yeah, important. I agree. It I feels agree. important to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think conversations like these are really important just for our generation because we are having a way different conversation versus what our parents would. Yeah. And, um, I think it's important to, yeah. And it's hard. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of tricky. It's kind of clunky, right. but I feel like that's like, Okay, let's yeah. try. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're all aiming and we have similar goals that how yeah. we could integrate the cultures and how we could also retain the cultures, but at the same time have like a little modern touch to it. And, you know, yeah. because we still need to cater to our, to the evolving right. world, right? You cannot have your old ways. Right. How it's to a, blend such a careful it. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like modern in the sense of human rights right. and like individual right. value um, but preserving these like ancient wisdom right. that is really important. important yeah. <laughs> so important. Um, right. so, okay. So when, so you started dancing when you're 16, your sister starts traveling. Right. Did you feel like you got more serious about it? Like in your heart or were you just like, I want to travel. And then like, <laughs> it kind of hit you yeah, later. It is that yeah. way. Okay. So it cool. went a reverse process for me. Cool. Cool. Um, at that time when you were a teenager, were you also still painting? Were you writing? Um, anything else? Yeah, I was still painting. I wasn't good in writing, but I was still painting with my mom and I would okay. still like sit on weekends and, you know, kind of spend time painting. Yeah. Okay. So I think yeah. I'm thinking of writing because of the storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I very recently started, you know, kind of reading more. So I wasn't a, a reader. Has, has storytelling always been important to you? Um, first, like in, even in informally, like, uh, yeah, I think uh, because Indian culture focuses a lot on storytelling yeah. because all our uh, temples, when you visit temples, they kind of narrate a story before they uh, offer the prayer to the deities. So yeah. they, the the priest at the temple would tell you a story about how uh, this god came, you know, uh, was uh, gifted that power or how did this uh, this union happen between the two gods and right. so there's always a I think storytelling has always been a part of our yeah. growing up uh, uh, culture yeah it it still is so I think storytelling has always been there like important yeah. and Indians uh, South Asians are very expressive with their hand gestures and the face yeah. and you can see all of their body parts like you know communicating a story yeah so I think storytelling is uh, 
it just happened. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then maybe last question about like your teens. Did you feel like a creative or like, did you feel like unique? Like what, what was your like... What was your creative identity like at that time? It's okay if it was not really. <laughs> I actually have a very bad, poor memory of how I felt. Uh, I did not feel unique in a way, but I did feel that I had my, like, I my energies were channelized creatively, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I knew that I liked some, I like to be creative. Yeah. You know, I like to be out there in nature, like trying to understand or like trying to get inspired And to kind of paint that inspiration in my painting or like, you know, all of that. So I think I was always interested. I knew I always liked to be creative. So come up with ideas and all of that. But I just didn't know if I was going to do it full time or like for future. Yeah, creativity and like the arts don't have to be connected. So you said you like to think about nature. Did you grow up? Did you grow up in like with nature around or in a city? In a city, unfortunately, yeah. So in a city and so now it's overpopulated. Yeah. So there would be less chances, but we would like make trips to go with families or friends to kind of visit nature a little away from the city. And felt something about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Always connected to earth and, you know, kind of always be out there like trying to. And that felt like a little bit like more um, right Right. to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Is there anything else you want to say about like your childhood or teen years that you think it would be an important context for the listener to hear or important for like your own artistic development? No, I think we we spoke a lot about like our South Asian, (laughs) like the culture and, you know, just all of that, because I think it's not just Indian, but it's a very South Asian culture, whatever we spoke. Um, South Asian, Nepal, Pakistan. Right. Right. India. India. And then we have our uh, Middle East also, you can say, has some sort of a similar. Yeah. Similar. Like Egypt or what? Like Libya? Like like Africa, but okay. Okay. So very, uh, but I would mainly focus on like Bangladesh or like Pakistan or like Afghanistan or like uh, Nepal. Okay. You know, very, very closely. The values are very closely associated. Okay. But cool. though the religions are different in a lot of places, right. but uh, because India is, of course, uh, has a widespread of uh, cultures and religions yeah. and all of that. Well, that's another thing I was thinking, like, I just don't, I, I know just enough to know that I don't know anything. Okay. I, I can't, I can't keep <laughs> right, saying right, it, right. but you know, I think like America is big. It's not as populated as India, right. but it's geographically large and there are obviously a lot of subcultures, but I I think India is more like different languages and with like the caste system too, I have to imagine right. that like even within your own country, like understanding the people around is really it's, complicated. It is, it is. Yeah. India is very, very diverse and it's uh, in just the religions that are followed within religions that are like caste, within caste that are like subcaste. Mm. And that was just created like, centuries ago so we just don't know how it evolved or how it came about uh so yeah it can and languages every every state has its own language yeah Uh, so it's a little hard to follow yeah but hindi is uh, commonly spoken in the north and uh, there's another language called tamil which is popular in the south oldest language rather wow so yeah it can be a little hard to understand the 
cultural differences yeah, too. I can imagine the that food is different. So <laughs> complicated, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 beautiful in its own way because it's yeah. just so diverse and so colorful. Yeah, yeah. There's always something happening in India when you That's go back the, home. There's there's it, always something keeping you busy. Right. This is this is the idea that I took from that class, which it's probably really reductive. But this like masala, like spice, being like part of the culture, like right. as much color as possible, like as many spices as possible, like as many flavors. And that feels like really unique. It it feels like a, it feels like a little key to understanding like, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. India is way, way diverse. Yeah. Cool. In its own way. Yeah. So how did you, so what happened when you were like transitioning into being like an adult? Like, did, did you go to college? Like what, how did you choose your major? Like, right. So I actually, uh, I was, I took up a bachelor's in commerce. Okay. So I did my business management and... uh, In India? In India. Okay. So I did my... So the education system is slightly different there. We call it um, your college College. when we go to like, uh, when we do our bachelor's. I actually was just talking about this with my husband works, my husband's an engineer at Texas Instruments just right over here. And most of his colleagues are South Asian. Okay. okay. So like, yeah, he was just, my husband was just telling me this a couple of days ago, like <laughs> about college and yeah. Right. So we finished school, like choose like three tracks, right? Like right. Three options. Science, yeah. commerce and, and, uh, and art, arts. arts. Yeah. So I was just, that's funny. I was just talking about this like a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah. So our school ends with like 12th grade. Okay. And after that you go to college. Okay. So we call You it have to pick. You have to pick your three, one of your three tracks. One, what you're interested in, like okay. what you want to kind of become or what you, what's your future goal. Yeah. If you want to get into business side, then you can. Okay. Pick so up. you went into commerce, which would include any business, things. any business economics. It has business. Yeah. Any, any business rather. Okay. Yeah. Does commerce include like history or would that be arts? That would be arts. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we had like a uh, business management and uh, statistics and a little bit of mathematics. And then we had, uh, um, uh, business management uh marketing okay and, and how old are you when you start that um like 16? 17 wow gosh 7, 18 18 actually two years it's a three-year program three years. so it depends if you're gonna become an engineer then it's a four-year program okay I see. but if you're kind of getting into marketing or business management and all of that then it's just three years okay and you were interested in business business yeah so then i took up that and then uh, i did my uh, postgraduate in uh, human resource management okay and then i joined a company a multinational company back in india okay i was a human resource professional there okay cool and were you still doing dance yeah i would just go on weekends but nothing pro- i wasn't doing it professionally as in like teaching okay. but i would just be performing with my teachers and wow. just going and you know learning the style yeah on weekends. And was your mom still involved? Was your mom still taking classes? She had like a lot of responsibilities because she's very active socially as well oh. in terms of like... She just, sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, she does cool. a lot of uh, social yeah. work. Cool. Uh, social workers. So she had like a lot of commitments. So she would go on and off. Okay, cool. Uh, Till today, she kind of goes on and off whenever yeah. she has the time. Did that feel like... What did it feel like to be doing something with like your mom and your sister? It felt amazing. I would just wait for an opportunity when we three of us would be on stage together. Cool. So I think it was really nice. I love that. And what does your dad think of it? Or what did your dad think of you all doing that? Uh, yeah, he he was very supportive of um, 
you know, I was just learning the uh, dance form. He just wasn't okay with us doing it professionally because he knew there's less. He wanted you know, to make money and make be money stable. And yeah. Be stable, exactly. So he was pretty okay with it. and But he wasn't just too involved with it until very recent. Cool. Because cool. he was out of town most so times. So how did you, will you talk to me about how you started doing it professionally and then how you ended right. up here? <laughs> how did you get here? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long journey and it, the journey still continues. Yeah. I actually moved to Utah in 2017. I got married. Okay. So my husband works here. So okay. I, he's Indian. Okay. So he works here. So then I just <clears throat> moved to okay. be with him. And were you living in India? Did you live in the States before you moved to Utah? No, I you came directly straight from, straight from wow. India. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, I, that's big. <laughs> that's kind of scary. Right, yeah. So, so yeah, I just moved here directly from India. So how did you, um, like, tell me how you started doing dance more professionally or like, yeah. what what was what has your journey been before moving to Utah? So I would just actually spend most my most of my weekends with my teachers, just learning the art form and just performing with them and just kind of upgrading my skills because I did not know I was going to move here anyway. Right. So it was just like a part of my... So dance had become like a, a regular uh, part of my life. Yeah. So we would go every week and spend like four or five hours just learning dance, my sister cool. and I, and of course the other students. So I think that was just like a ongoing activity. Yeah. And then I moved here. Wait, I have more questions. Oh, okay, yeah, please go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so how many years between like graduating from with your human resources degree and moving here? How many years in there okay, between was... college and moving to the States? About nine years, I would say. Okay, so during that time, like I'm curious about like you weren't doing dance professionally until you moved here, right? Yeah, not okay. not. Uh, I was doing professionally, but with my teachers. Okay. But not like by myself. Okay. Yeah. So during that time when you would like meet people, like, would you tell them like, I'm a dancer? Like, what does it mean? Like, what did it mean? Was it part of your identity in India? I'm I think it curious. became more like, of my identity when I moved here. Okay. Because uh, like I mentioned, you know, with our teachers, we kind of don't. Right. It's all, you're always like a student, like you're always uh, kind of waiting for their permission. That's I what I would say. Yeah, like, yeah. You just don't step on their toes at any point. Sure. Uh, so when we would travel, it would just be them kind of face. We would, of course, be there, be a part of the gathering and all of that. What about like your coworkers? <laughs> like just during the week? Like did your coworkers know you were a dancer? Right, yeah, they, they did, yeah. Because we would perform at like office events and all okay, of that. Okay, cool. Yeah. And how does it, how did it, what is it like? Like, like, I feel like I know what it would be like here right. for someone who works in business to be like, I dance and that's an important thing that I do. Like, what what would it, what was it like? Like, how did your coworkers like understand that? Or like, would they be like, this is Sunali, she's a dancer? Like, uh, it wouldn't be a part of my, I, that, uh, that strong a part of my okay. identity, but it, my coworkers would know about it and they would come and support our events uh, because how- they liked yeah arts and all of that yeah. how is it like culturally like do most people feel like dance is important do most people feel like oh classical dance like 
Weird. I think in uh, like, what is it like? <laughs> what is it like? In India, actually, many many uh, households kind of grew. Like the people in the households actually grew up learning art forms. Okay. So it be- it's like a part of your culture, like you said. Your parents would send you for like piano lessons and okay. all of that. Yeah. So classical music and dance was really really uh, essential, especially for South Indian families. So you would actually okay. see someone from the family who's been like a dancer since they were like four years or like five years. Okay. It, it's it was sort of like a part of the up uh, the growing up okay so i think it was not a big deal if you kind of told your coworkers or like someone in your family that i dance like yeah okay you know that's kind of uh, expected it's or no, like it's kind of normal, normal for someone in the family family to, exactly but i think that's a culture in south india and north okay. it's not as much okay and then would it be like like do you would you kind of would your coworkers or like your friends or like right. would people have the idea that like you're creative or like you're an artist? Um, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think. And it also depends on how you, I was a way, um, I kept it very low because, you know, I just don't want people that usually happens with artists. You know, we just try to. Why? Yeah. Tell me everything. I'm so curious. I think artists just become like, I know it all. And it's, it can look a little, sound a little egoistic sure. or like, oh, I dance. So I'm like, sure. oh, whatever, fancier or whatever it is. Right. right. So you kind of still want to keep it a little humble. Uh, yeah. Humble. And a little um, on the down low. Down yeah. low. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just don't want to be out there putting it out. Oh, I'm a dancer. But it depends sure. on how you also portray it. Right. So that's so yeah. true. Like, I feel like that all the time. Like when I tell, when I meet someone new and I right. tell them I'm a musician, I get feeling really complicated about it sometimes. <laughs> Cause it's like, they're going to make assumptions and the assumptions are not going to be right. Right. right, like, right. But I think it's important for people to know that if you are a musician or a dancer, right. that you are that, you know, and if it's they, true. <laughs> it also depends on if you're like going on, like if you're constantly bragging about it or like, you know, Whatever it is, right? If you can just keep it low and just, min- you know, yeah. kind of balance it out. I think sure. it's important for people to know as well. I think so too, but it is, yeah. Well, and even when you said like, you said something like people might think you that you think you're fancy. Yeah. Or something, yeah. But like, but like, it is fancy. It is. <laughs> and it, you and I know fancy. it. Yeah. I think the, your work should also speak about it. Like you invite your coworkers and then they just automatically know about it. Know. Um, and then what did you, did you feel like an artist? Like... How did you just privately, like, how did you feel about it? Honestly, my connection with uh, dance, if I have to just bring up dance with art, I did have a lot of connection. I really like being creative in terms of like paint. Painting was one of my favorite things to do. And, um, you know, kind of just come up with ideas. I liked event management. So I like to like creative too. Yeah. I like to like kind of make the space look more creative or like just do some decorations for like events. I like to, uh, I always like to give surprises to my family members for their birthdays. And also I would like decorate, invite people. I liked all that management. Yeah. And the details. The details. I can see that being really um, compatible with, with the dance. Like details and like beauty and thinking about yeah right. like um function and beauty like because right. it sounds like the the medium the dance is like functional like right. it's telling a story but like so beautiful yeah, yeah. right 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 cool. so i think yeah just um i think just uh, like connection with dance was not as much as with just being creative sure. like i did not look at dance as 
creative uh, outlet just okay. because i felt it was so restricted with its movements and classes i have to show up for classes yeah. like, this is a burden but then it yeah. took me a while to kind of get into that groove yeah and i can understand how moving to the states would really change your relationship with it right that makes perfect sense right i've maybe just one more question like before you moved to the right. states um like did you do did you have like thoughts about the arts? Like, is that something you felt like like the arts about? in states? No, like in general. just in general, like the purpose of the arts. Like, were you thinking about those kinds of like value things before moving here? Like, I always attended events, and I always looked at art as a good way to uh, kind of express. Yeah. So I liked watching uh, performances and cool. just different things. So you can keep talking. Sorry. I yeah, just yeah. like when the screen falls asleep, I want to like look at it. Right, I want right. to look at it. So <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I always looked at, I always liked attending events and supporting other yeah. artists. And I always liked watching theaters and, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think I was always inclined towards the art and I had like a general idea yeah. of what it was what and it means. what yeah. it means and how important it is for us how it can give you an edge over the others if you're an artist and if you're in a public gathering yeah. uh, it can give you a little edge because you your personality yeah. is changed it's developed way differently right you're just more confident that's just art just does that to you and your teachers just help bring right. out those things out of your personality that makes perfect sense it just shapes your personality differently do you want to say more about that like i feel like i know what you mean right like, right yeah, yeah i think uh, so i think our parents can just do uh, to they just have a very certain limit to how much they can uh, develop our personality because that's all they know but i think right. our teachers especially my teachers they really were very strong personalities themselves mm. so they kind of brought out a lot out of us yeah. uh, through art you know because like I mentioned earlier dance does not just teach you the dance form but it's also teaching you dedication right. discipline uh, you know how you dress up how you present yourself how you show up on stage you know how you work as a team how you're compassionate right. even to someone who's not a good dancer or who's right. not learned well you know, so that's a lot so of things. Yeah, I love that you included that. That's really beautiful. Like, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I, I mean, I personally wasn't born, da born dancer. Yeah. I don't even know the term exists because I think talent is in everyone. It's just how it's brought out from you yeah. by your teachers yeah. and also your own will. Yeah, I think being a person who struggled with your art form as a child, like it didn't come easily, but working at it can really really teach you compassion like right. i i feel that way too like right. um i think it makes you a better teacher right. it makes you a better right. like i agree i agree because dance did not come to me easily and i i'm very very honest about it because in because i have students who come and tell me that i can't dance i'm so yeah. bad i'm like let me tell you my story right. you know because i think it's really important for teachers to be honest about their journey as well yeah. or artists in general yeah you yeah. know there's no point showing off about like right. oh i was born dancer i was born musician totally. or whatever right totally. it's all trained right and uh, right so. and i i love the idea i love this idea that like being in the arts like gives you an edge or or at least gives you a different perspective right that's what we were talking about before like it's it's so valuable it just like changes the way that you see the world it changes the way you see people it changes the way you see what you're capable of right um i've also heard that artists are very i did not realize this but i've also heard that artists are very sensitive people yeah. <laughs> that's just because you're so uh closely working 
internally. Right. And that repetition that you were talking about before, I may mean, think a lot of musicians would agree. Like, there's you learn something about doing the same thing over and over. Right. You learn to see the small differences, and then it makes your perceptions different and your sensitivity different. I think. Actually, Martha Graham. Oh, you know Martha Graham, the ballet. I don't. The, I don't think so. Okay. Martha Graham. Martha Graham. Yeah. So she was a very popular. I, I think she kind yeah. of modern, mod or kind of uh, made ballet popular okay. in, uh, cool. a long time ago. I haven't heard of her, but cool. yeah, she has a big school yeah. in New York. So cool. she mentioned uh, one of those quotes. Uh, I remember she mentioned. Uh, I was reading it somewhere. She says, "Repetition, not for." the sake of it but for the ecstasy it involves or yeah. the ecstasy it brings because it you keep repeating and right. then it gives you like a sweet taste yeah after. totally it's like a meditation kind yeah. of yeah. yeah there's something similar there right i forgot to ask something so important what kind of what places did you travel to what did you learn about like like other other cultures like I don't know. You can you can yeah. talk about specific yeah. places or just generally, right? So my like I mentioned, my dad was in the Indian Army, okay. so he was kind of uh, posted or like he was given. Uh, he was we call it posting, yeah, like a posting. That makes sense. Yeah. So in different, many many different states in India, because okay. he would have to go according to his rank, according to his promotion to different places. Okay. So he was he traveled extensively and stayed in each place for like two or three years minimum. Okay. So we would visit him on like summer vacations. Okay. And I think those those visiting those places and meeting those people from different states um really changed the way my sister and I uh, kind of uh thought or like the way we were with people because we would just be exposed to so many right. different cultures and so many different people. Cool. We were just not in our own little uh you know it just makes you have a, so many questions. Yeah, yeah, because my dad would like really take us to all these uh, Indian army. They would have like parties and gatherings and he would just take us. Though we were kids, but we would still meet kids from other families, like cool. from different places. And cool. so it just what made about us... traveling with dance? With dance, uh, I think it was really interesting because... Again, you meet so many different people. You First of all, you travel with your own group and then you understand how different they are from the classroom environment. Yeah. Right. When you're traveling, you're just way different. Yeah. Right. Because you have that journey uh, to uh, pass as a group. Right. So you learn so much about each other. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have your own fun and all of that. Yeah. And when you uh, finally get to the performance, you also realize there's so much stress involved in like <laughs> organizing. And then you learn about how your teachers are, how they are when you're performing. Uh, Did you travel outside of India with dance? With dance, I actually performed in India. And then when I came here is when I started actually traveling, traveling more. more. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been here? Oh, 2017. 2017. Said. Yeah. Okay. Five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for five years. Yeah. Okay. Tell me everything. So you moved here. How did you start building like a place for this here? Or tell me. All I actually uh, started. I actually got trained in yoga in India. Cool. So I enjoyed yoga till date. I enjoy yoga. So I actually did my certification teachers training program cool. very extensively for two years here uh, in India. There. Okay. So I thought I would come to US and, uh, you know, finally when I got married, I said, okay, I'm going to move to US and teach yoga. Okay. That was my goal. Okay. My goal was not to teach dance, but okay. I came with an intention to teach yoga because that was something that really interests me. Cool. So then I came here and I started teaching yoga, but then yoga just did not have, it was just not financially so supportive. Okay. Uh, just because there's just so much happening did here. Did you want to do HR ever? 
I actually did try yeah. <laughs> apply for like uh, positions oh. and all, but HR. I think you need to kind of get an education here. If sure. it's important, that to makes sense with HR that it would be like culturally specific. Exactly. So yeah, I had to like get sense. a certification and all of that. But meanwhile, I was also trying to explore something. I honestly did not enjoy a corporate job. Yeah. I did not enjoy like a laptop or eight hour sitting job. You're an artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like something which is uh, challenging me physically and not too much mentally or like too much in front of the laptop sure. or like just kind of working with Excel and all of that. Yeah. So I, um, but all of that experience really mattered, uh, you know, management. Yeah, and of course. Just dealing with, you know, people and all of that. So I actually uh, started teaching yoga and then I realized the yoga structure here is very different because the yoga, the yoga in India is really uh, very, very uh, different from what it is here. It's yeah. very, focuses a lot internally too. Yeah. There is more external. I feel that there is more focus on external physical aspects here yeah. and less internal. Totally. And uh, so I think I, I did try to blend in, but I think it was just not working with my style because yeah. I'm not a way, you know, just you stand on your head and hand and that's yoga. That is, does it not is work. It is very like impressive here. Yeah. And yeah, I, I got into yoga for a couple of years before the pandemic. I stopped going yeah. during the pandemic, but I liked going to a studio that didn't have any mirrors. Right. Like that felt like uh, right. then there's a lot more focus on yeah. yourself. That yeah. makes sense to me. But I mean, the physical aspect is really important, but I would also kind of focus a lot internally. And I think it, it was just not blending in with my style and what yeah. people were expecting. Then I started teaching women at my place, sure. uh, women of color rather. So yeah. they would come to my home to kind of learn yoga. And I think that was more... Uh, uh, that was a better experience for me because they wanted something which was a little more uh, authentic. Sure. Uh, so I think that's what I started doing. And then um, I continued doing that till COVID and yeah. uh, pre-COVID. And then I actually, I actually moved uh, to Utah in February of uh, 2017. Okay. And then it just took me two months to kind of figure out what I wanted to sure, do. Yeah. Um, and then one of my students, till today she learns with me, she's a Russian. Cool. So she had learned uh, Kathak in Russia. Okay. And then she moved to Utah the same year I did. Wow. And then she, I think, found my details online or somewhere. I had put up my resume of an artist. Yeah. Like I, you know, teach Kathak did and yoga. Did you want to like get hired by a dance studio? Or start your own or like, what was your goal? I actually did teach uh, in a lot of dance studios. I okay. teach, I taught a lot of folk. Okay. Uh, because classical is just so hard. It's just not so easy to attract people to it. You have to really be dedicated. You really sure. have to. And I think yeah. uh, West, I, I, I didn't find uh, too many Americans showing interest in like learning classical, just uh, Indian classical rather, just because it's, you got to show up. Uh, it's, it requires a lot of, uh, it's hard. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And it takes time. And also it's a cultural dance. So it takes time to kind of understand that. Yeah. Uh, the the language, everything is different. Yeah. So this Russian student of mine, she just kind of uh, reached out to me in April, two months after I moved okay. here. And then she kind of sent me an email. She kind of, you know, gave me a background, a background as to that. She's learned uh, Kathak in Russia and she wanted to continue. Yeah. And she's like, would you teach me? And I was like, okay, I mean, I, whatever I know, I can. Yeah. And then she came over and that's how my teaching began because wow. I started teaching her. And then I realized I have a partner who I can perform with. Then we started performing in like temples and wherever I got an opportunity. Wow. And then that's how, when I would perform, people would come and ask me the, do you teach? <gasps> so 
you know, then I, I was like, okay, then I very slowly dipped my toes. I just took two or three students and then that's how it started developing. And I started with teaching children, uh, children first. Cool. Kids. Do you still talk to your teachers in India? Yes, I'm still. How do they yeah. feel about you teaching here? <laughs> like, what is it like? Yeah, they're pretty, they're proud of it uh, wow. that I'm teaching. And uh, I think uh, they appreciate that uh, we are spreading the culture across borders. Good. And I think they are uh, pretty impressed with, uh, you know, where the art is going. Good. That we are able to take it outside India. And that's really important for us to keep it uh, preserved. Yeah. Because it's if you're just preserving it in India, it's not going to really make sense. You've got to take it outside because there are also second generation Indians here. Right. Who can be more uh, connected to their culture through so, arts. Right. So how many people are you teaching now? Or like, what's what? What is it evolved to? Right now? now, I have about fifty, fifty students of all age groups that I teach. Wow! Where do you teach them? So I actually uh, very recently uh, during COVID, I have my own uh, living space, space okay. uh, which I converted my living room into like a studio space. And cool. then now, uh, pre uh, during COVID, I converted. I had a huge garage which was not being used, outhouse garage. Cool, cool. So I got funds for that, and I converted that into a studio space. So now I teach out of my and garage now. And you can now. use all your business management skills to run your studio. <laughs> right. And Ugh. we also have a Ganesh temple by South Jordan, yeah. the Hindu temple. Yeah. They have a dance studio in the temple. Okay, So cool. I teach there as well. Cool. 50 students. And then, like, do you travel with the students? Not all of them. Yeah. Uh, but few of them do travel who are, like, a sort of, I can say, are, are uh, beginning to enter, like, the core team like okay. the core performing okay. team. So we have about three or four students who are getting a little more extensively trained. Wow. And you, where do you want, like, tell me your vision. Like, what, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? What do you hope it will be? I mean, my first goal is to get about 100 students so then the art can really spread. And then I also have teaching assistants. So I just don't teach everyone now because that's the only way I thought I could grow and also they can grow. Right. So now I have teaching assistants, my young uh, students who help teach me, like the younger ones. And um, I really hope to, you know, take uh, Kathak to other places like Colorado is one of my other goals and um, Phoenix is my other place. Yeah, cool. So I kind of want to just uh, spread Kathak, the essence of Kathak elsewhere Amazing. as well. I grew up in Phoenix. Oh, Mesa. nice. Yeah, I'm from Arizona. Oh, nice. Do you have contacts there? Do you have any people? No, I'll have to just well, reach out. When you're ready, let me okay. know. Okay. And I know a lot of people in Colorado too. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah for I, sure. Because I, I went to school in Texas and I went to a school that like a lot of people come there. So I ha know people kind right. of around. I mean, I just like approach them through emails, cool. like dance studios, but it's really hard. That's what I'm doing here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, it's always a struggle, I think, with arts. It's cool though. But you, like you said, like the arts teach you those kinds of skills. Right. Um, how has your relationship to like the arts or to dance in particular changed in like a, the, being in Western culture? Like... Because it definitely, like, it sounds to me like it it means a little bit of different things. Right, 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 right. So right. How, how, how has that affected you? So initially when I started teaching, I would teach the traditional way that the way I was taught. Mm -hmm. So not bending either ways. Like, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn, you learn. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to learn, you can leave. Right. You know, so because that's how I grew up. And that's right. how I learned. Very strict way of teaching. And then I think I, I slowly started to kind of open up that this culture is not my culture, yeah. right? So I have to blend it. I have to blend this culture and mine. Yeah. We have to find a midpoint. Yeah. So I started with uh, just changing the way I teach. 
So in India, our teachers would be really strict. It can get to a point kind of, of being intense. harsh. Yeah. yeah. So then I started easing out on that, on the teaching style, you cool. know, that, okay, I understand you, that you yeah. don't understand my culture and I don't. So let's kind of figure out a harmonious way to kind of right. understand the teacher-student relationship. So I began by just kind of mending the way I teach, just making it a little more relaxed, a little more, uh, you know, compassionate yeah. in uh, kind of teaching the students. Cool. And I think just I started collaborating with a lot of artists here. I was just going to ask, like, how did you get into, like, right. working with other dancers? Please tell me. Yeah, so I, um, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work. I think I think a lot of things just started opening up and unfolding as I kept performing. So if I would perform, I would have, like, other artists come and talk to me. And then I would exchange numbers. And then we would, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. Like, they would invite me to their school to perform. Right. You know, and then, or if I have an event, I would ask them to come and perform at my event. So I think uh, I actually met a lot of artists. The year I came in 2017, I got some funds um, and I hosted a fundraiser workshop called Dancathon uh, for the animal shelters in, in Utah. Cool. cool. So uh, I kind of called artists from different uh, styles like flamenco. I had someone teaching African. I had someone teaching uh, Ukrainian dance. Cool. So we had all of these artists come and then that's how I started building my you know network. Yeah. And then I started collaborating, just reaching out, you know, just yeah. just reaching out. Just I was like, OK, at at the end, they're just going to say yes or no. Right. It right. can't get worse than that. Can't, what do you have to lose? <clears throat> yeah. I so totally get it. What is it like? Do you have any thoughts about like be like the art of teaching? Like, Do you want to say anything about that? that's kind of new right like new in the last five years out of teaching that's mm. a very very interesting question and I think teaching is an art for sure yeah and I think teaching is just not knowing just about the art but it's a lot knowing yourself internally yeah. because what you are or what you feel from inside you're going to portray it to the classroom environment yeah so I think it's a lot to uh, to do with yourself internally yeah, yeah. Um, you know how you could uh, maneuver how you could channelize your uh, your personal issues, uh, what's happening mm -hmm. back at home, that you don't throw it out at your students because they are coming from different walks of life. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're coming to learn the art to not get stressed out, but to release the stress. Right? Art right. is supposed to be to give you happiness. Mm. Art is not meant to give you stress. That's what I tell all my students. Yeah. If you're stressed out you definitely should not do the arts. If yeah, arts yeah. are stressing you out, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. If you're here for happiness and for peace, something to get out of your regular life, yeah. then you should do the arts. And if I'm stressing you out in any way, let me know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I make that communication very clear that arts is there to give you happiness. And if you cannot be present for like a particular performance because of whatever, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I used to pressurize them a lot initially, but now I realize it's okay. Yeah. You know, if they're not prepared, there's no point. Right. Pressurizing. And I think I also, um, uh, I'm a little more inclined spiritually as in, uh, I like to do meditation yeah. and I like to visit monasteries uh, to uh, kind of read about Buddhism and also to do meditation and to go yeah. out in nature, spend time by myself. Yeah. I do a lot of that. And I think that really enhances my teaching. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I feel like, you know, the students' personalities are not matching with mine mm -hmm. and all of that. So before I kind of, uh, you know, get a little uh, harsh with my conversations, I, yeah. you know, take a break. Yeah. I do a lot of, I, I do a beautiful. lot of, uh, yeah, I try to do a lot of meditation, a lot of introspection. Yeah. 
Also That's so what I'm trying now. I mean, we all are trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're all a work in progress. <laughs> I'm a teacher too, and I, yes, all of that feels very true. Right, like, and. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important for us as teachers of any field, right? Yeah. Uh, to to also draw that line that you're a teacher. So you will have your own ways to do things and you yeah. are strict in your own ways. Yeah, yeah. You're not always friends with the students. Right. Right? It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> in India that's never in India your teachers are not your friends. Yeah. It's 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 very clear like your parents are not your friends your teachers and there there is a distinction yeah, yeah. there is a clear boundary yeah. so i grew up in that so for me it's really hard to cross over to the other side and make my younger ones especially like my best friends and yeah they love you i'm sure <laughs> yeah that's yeah hard. so now we've understood each other yeah, yeah so they've yeah. understood me and so i think it's all of it has contributed to cool. an artistic way of teaching what is it like to be a member of a dance community where the dancers are so many different types like is is that kind of different than being a dancer in india like does that make sense like what is it yeah, like yeah. having like your colleagues are all different types of dance actually in india i wasn't really exposed to artists from um like different styles that's what i was thinking like, because my teachers would mainly be the main right. face of like the project and all of that or like uh, you know the creativity but i would meet a lot of other artists from different backgrounds but it wasn't a way involved conversation right. or like you know let's work on something now you're collaborating collaborating right. now that collaborations just kind of worked when i came here right. i well, always liked working with do, people how do you feel about it now like, what a, is it like now honestly i really like uh, yeah. collaborations because i learn so much about myself my own art form and it also channelizes my creativity in different directions right. than like just going straight up into like traditional uh, compositions or whatever right like uh, traditional projects yeah Uh, so I think I personally love collaborations and I I always try to bring out some projects like those and I try to reach out. That's beautiful. Like I yeah, I mean what 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 more is there? You right, know? Right. It's and I think so we valuable. we enhance each other like when yeah. we do collaborations it's just not about my art form but I'm also bringing my audience to your show to understand your right. style of dancing. Like we did a flamenco and kathak uh, Is that uh, why you know Jessica? Just Je- uh, Jessica. She gave I, me your name. No, Jessica and I met at TEDx. Okay, she cool. gave a talk at TEDx, and oh, I performed cool. at TEDx Salt Lake City. Cool, cool, so that's cool. how I met her. Cool. But we've been trying flamenco. to do something for yeah. a while, but yeah, we just got a little busy. Cool. Anyway, you were saying something. So I, I actually did a project with a flamenco dancer because Kathak and flamenco have very similar roots. Right. Uh, they come from very similar backgrounds. It's so like we percussion, percussion in the same way, yeah. and also flamenco actually originated in India. Uh, by the nomadic tribes <laughs> so they, there was a lot of exchange of arts and all of that cool. and then finally it landed in andalusia and that's where it is right now cool so we did that collaboration and you know i had like the south asian audience who like classical come and watch flamenco so now they know another art form that oh flamenco exists and now flamenco like my flamenco artist friend had her audience who like flamenco watch kathak so now they're like oh there is a there is a blend of inter uh, intercultural exchange That's and so cool. not just of the artist but also of the audience now the, there is a mix of audience as well that's so cool right so we are creating like not my world of art but our world you know like right. we, are, we are we are sharing that feels like that feels like that balance that we were talking about right. like such a beautiful balance of like we have this you have this and the way we're going to balance is not to diminish either of our art forms but to share a stage share a stage and i share think that's an really audience. important because as artists if we are divided 
we have to be divided in our certain ways because we have our own art forms to showcase as well and preserve yeah. it but i think just being there just supporting like i try to attend all my most of my friends events even though i'm not performing or you know yeah. i try my best yeah if i'm not teaching that evening or whatever yeah. so i think it's really important for us to be united because the more we are divided the more people get chance to kind of compare that oh she did a free show why aren't you doing right or like if you are not available then i'll bring her in or whatever right right so i think well it's so abundant you know like if we if we are divided it it diminishes all of our work exactly yeah and if we're working together and saying look how beautiful this is look how beautiful this is it just we're training our audience like you said we're training a broad audience to be more attentive more curious more sensitive yeah yeah and more open-minded that you know you can be you you can be presented with any of these Mm -hmm. cultures and then how do you appreciate that and and we're all people that's like it's just right. I don't know. It's so important. It's really important, and it's and like right. It's that part of it is easy. Like in terms of just you know, it it can be so easy to appreciate different people. It can be right. so easy to like see all this beauty. It can be like a joy. Like it's not work. Right. You know, right. it's, it's not like, work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got its own financial implications to yeah, right? being an artist. But I just mean being an audience of art, like, right. I mean, I think a lot of times the cultural understanding is like, like I taught one of the things that I like to talk about a lot is like entertainment versus like art that makes you think or like challenges mm-hmm. you. And I think in America we can get really like divided about those mm-hmm. things. Like I want art that is easy for me to watch and easy for me to mm-hmm. listen to versus art that like asks a little more of mm-hmm. me. But I think it's so simple. I mean, I like it to be simple. Right, right, to right. To teach an audience that watching, listening to, reading art that asks a little more is also a joy. Right. You know, like it's a little bit of work, but work. it's a joy. And I know? think that's important for us also as artists to balance out, like understand your audience before you present something. Yeah. Because there can be an audience who really don't want something heavy, then you kind of present the lighter aspect of your art form. Right. And that's okay. when I started performing the folk. So I would, yeah. when, I, when I understand the audience is not going to accept classical, then I kind of present folk because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I can involve them. It can be interactive. It's the music is upbeat. Yeah. But when I know the audience is looking for something more culturally uh oriented or like more specific to a culture then i kind of present is folk dancing the like bollywood dance is that folk dancing or is that something else oh oh sorry uh, sorry is like is folk dancing the same as like the dancing you'd see in a bollywood film or i think bollywood is a great uh, blend of um all forms cool Cool. (laughs) it also has like western you can see some hip-hop blend of all genres (laughs) it's like it brings up out everything so we call it semi-classical okay so it has like a little classical touch to not all styles uh, not all movies or not all songs but it has everything if you ever watch a bollywood song you can see a lot of styles happening there so you can't really it's freestyle i would call it freestyle okay so it's not does not really represent a culture or does not represent anything specifically it's freestyle dancing cool and it can have some classical moves it can have some western moves it can have like some folk moves some hip-hop some hip-hop it can have like nowadays we have salsa and all of those styles happening so i think it's very it's a mix yeah is there anything else that you want to tell the listener about katak or 
anything anything else you want to say i usually you know tell everyone um, watching or listening to art is um uh, i think the audience needs to be a little more um, available to attend events yeah. and not just their own favorites <laughs> yeah. right because only then we're going to have a diverse audience if i'm just going to have my audience come for my shows it's going to be hard yeah. for the art form to reach beyond right. Right. and um i mean these ancient forms have been have taken a long time to evolve and uh, it can be a little heavy on the audience sometimes sure. some of these stories and all of that uh, but i think um, i mean i just feel like uh, yuta is growing uh, with just uh, the uh, just growing artistically and i think yeah. yuta is uh, presenting me and a lot of artists with a lot of artistic opportunities yeah. we have grants and you know we have a lot of councils working towards providing grants and financially uh, financially supporting the artists cool um so i think yuta has been really really open to uh, accepting That's great. you know different yeah. culture and uh, i've never seen a push back from the audience whenever yeah. i represent a cultural dance form that's great yep. is there anything else you want to say about like just being a person like being <laughs> creative about understanding each other or like what it means to be like a like an artful member right, of right. society i think all of us like i was just mentioning i think all of us have a creative side some yeah. of it has just got so has some of it has just got so uh, what do you call um, covered suppressed with or, or, suppressed yeah. because of so many other things taking over in our life that we've actually forgotten that we have a creative side yeah. and i think that uh, also does not come up because we have so many apprehensions now that what yeah. would they think or what would she think or what would and i think uh, for us to be an artist we have to become childlike yeah. where we have no apprehensions because only if you put it out there you will know that it was meant to be or not meant to be right. and then you kind of learn from that you have to test it you have to test it it's a it's a hidden miss uh, not all your projects nothing mm-hmm. you know honestly i wasn't born with uh, projects or ideas it's just right. how you uh, kind of uh, tickle that uh, creative side of you yeah. each time and yeah. i think the foremost uh, important thing is uh, to not have apprehensions mm. and uh, everyone out there is trying to experiment yeah. you know no one knows any no one knows what they're doing unless right. it's done right right it's just a it's just theoretically you know the idea but unless yeah. it's out there and you have a audience that's receiving it and giving your feedback you don't know what you're doing right 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 you know right. you just have an idea of right. it so i think none of us know what we're doing yeah so i think it's important for us to just put it out there and also for the receiver to be a little more um, compassionate yeah. and understanding that it's this person play. is still, yeah. yeah just play just go yeah. with the flow yeah you know and i think um, i was just talking to someone the other day at the party that uh, there was a child who was just like dancing and you know just on her own yeah. so i was like that's how we were before yeah. we grew up right? right no apprehensions and i think uh, for artists it's really important to be bold and confident and even if you're not an artist yeah we have a creative side right start small just start by painting or doing anything that you like you don't have to be a public artist right you don't have to put up your things out in the public yeah and i i talk about this a lot but i think also if you want to nurture your creativity and you feel like oh i'm not creative like watching art is right. creative right. like that can work that muscle right like you know reading reading 
something creative, like reading poetry or reading a novel or like right. listening to new music. You know, you don't have to start by making something. Right. You can right. start by just participating. Participating. Yeah. I think we just, yeah, I think that's, that's important. And I think just having more compassion for yourself yeah. and just for others around and just having a clear way of communicating your ideas, just, yeah. you know. I think that's really important and being okay with receiving negative feedback or no feedback or positive feedback. None yeah. of it should like get to our head. Right. Because it's play. It's yeah, play. It's, you yeah. know, all of us are experimenting and I think yeah. uh, it's really important for us to just put it out there and yeah. be okay with the consequence, whether it's anything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. let nothing get to your head and like get to your heart in a different way. Right. And, I love uh, that. Uh, you know, just, just put it out there and that'll just uh, shape your personality as well. Yeah. It really does. And it shapes your ability to like be a person, to be a human. Be I agree. A, be it a makes friend. you more human. I think art yeah. makes you more human because you're so closely connecting to yourself, your inner self, yeah. which is telling you certain things or certain uh, desires. Yeah. And I think that makes you more sensitive towards yourself and others. Yeah. You, if you're if you're in touch with your like deeper kind of inner yeah. self, it's easier to see other people. Others, yeah. yeah, others. Yeah, I agree, and I think arts really can bring communities together. It can bring so much more uh, peace and compassion yeah. within just communities. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I think art, not just music and dance, but art in general, uh, yeah. can bring about a lot of harmony in yeah. the community. And I've I've experienced that, and I think that's really important for us as artists to continue to do what we're doing. Yeah. And to encourage everyone to do it. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I ask everybody two questions at the end. Okay. On this day, what's your dream collaboration? Who would you love to work with? Oh, wow. Or you can build a whole event, you know, dream big. What What do you imagine? Oh, so I actually have a project in Pipeline, which I'm uh, kind of visualizing. It's a Sufi project. Uh, I'm involving uh, Sufi music. I don't uh, know what that is. Okay. So Sufi is like a... I don't want to be inappropriate with my connections, but uh, uh, Sufi is a sect of uh, in Islam, okay. uh, which kind of focuses on the poetries of Rumi's. And uh, okay. you must have heard of Rumi. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it kind of focuses on uh, uh, connecting with the divine. Okay. Uh, it is. It's not really religion, but okay. a sect and like a philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. I would say it philosophy. Ideology. So you must have seen those whirling dervishes. Yeah. 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 So those are all sort of connected to the, uh, what do you call the, the philosophies of okay. Sufi. Cool. Uh, this is a very sensitive topic, so I don't yeah, like yeah. to, you know, uh, involve Be in careful. the. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to in get um, the poetries of Rumi uh, incorporated to incorporated with Kathak and uh, Indian music, cool. and also include Persian dancers to that wow. production. That so sounds that's amazing. Yeah. So we've created like a 40, 40 to fifty minute track, a full full uh, full staged production. Wow. So you want to stage it like next year. So just that that's sounds an, amazing. That's just conceptualized. Yeah. That sounds beautiful and important and wonderful. Yeah. I can't wait. Right. I, I need to be there. Right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah. And then finally, tell everybody where to find your work. Find, find you. So I'm pretty active on social media. Okay. Uh, I have to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all my work is on social media. I'm on Instagram. Do I, do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, please. So yeah. sonali.kathak. So can, can you spell it? Yeah, so sorry. it's S-O-N-A-L-I. Okay. Dot Kathak. K-A-T-H-A-K. Okay. So that's my Instagram handle. And I started a dance school called the Kaladhara Dance. So it's going to be a long one. But K-A-L-A-D-H-A-R-A-A. Okay. Kaladhara. 
and th- the next word is dance. Okay. So if you just type that, you'll find me on Facebook. Okay. So I put up all my work there and my email is uh, Sonali uh, dot Lumba, which is my second name, L-O-O-M-B-A, zero okay. one at gmail.com. Amazing. So social media is the easiest. I also have a website, kaladhara.com. Okay. So they can just find me okay. if they need to everywhere. connect with me. Everywhere. I am everywhere. Well, thank you so much for coming. Right. When Jessica emailed me, because I reached out to her and I was like, this is the last episode of this season of the podcast, season six. Oh, nice. So it's like, you know, I've done like 150 interviews. Wow. I'm so proud of it. Wow. But this season didn't have any dancers. And I just felt like, how can I have a season with no dance? <laughs> like it's because I had reached out to a bunch of dancers right, and right. just couldn't find somebody. And um, when Jessica gave me your name and told me you do Katak, I was like, <gasps> like, cause I like, I just, like I said, I know just enough to be very curious right, and, right. and it just felt, I've, I've been so excited to interview you. So yeah. thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. It's beautiful to You're an you. amazing host. This is <laughs> the, uh, the best conversation I've had. It was so free flowing. <laughs> And I hate being prepared because it just kind of does not let me speak out my heart. Yeah, well, I love talking with you and just thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You were amazing. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.